May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I welcome you all to our annual Blue Christmas service. And if you don't know what the Blue Christmas service actually is, it was designed to be a time where we can focus on the normal secular holiday tells us that Christmas is supposed to be a celebration. And it brings with it great, beautiful things as if you go through many of the neighborhoods, even close to us right now, you see the festive Christmas lights. Some you can see through their windows and see Christmas trees and presents. And and it's a season where we are told that we should have white for new life in the liturgical colors, and a lot of green, and a lot of red, a lot of euphoria, and celebration for this special time of year. But as we know with life, that sometimes life is blue. And we can put on in our faces showing a mask of everything is going well and everything is hunky-dory. We're on the inside. We can be going through a time of great trial, great loss, anxiety, or even just trying to survive the season. For a lot of people, the holidays can even make these feelings. If you are living into a new season of acute, you just received new news, which has caused great pain and worry and fear in your life, or you have been for a time now, possibly living into a season when you wonder when and if sadness and loss and grief are going to go away. This is what Blue Christmas is for. It's that we can come here in the presence of the Holy Spirit, be with God and be with one another, and be honest about our feelings that things are not all right, and that we came knowing that we need to hear the message of hope, of peace, and of resurrection. So I invite you. Typically, the Blue Christmas service is done around the winter solstice, which is the longest night, the longest day of the year. And it's, in Florida, the seasons don't really lend themselves to what this service is supposed to be. Being in the sunshine state where it barely feels like winter when there is still growth on all the trees, it, you don't really get the feeling that as if you were in a very desolate place, very cold with snow on the ground. The leaves have been long gone awaiting the coming of spring. That is where this service is supposed to fall. But if we look closely at what is going on in our scripture tonight, which is not the normal on this third Sunday of Advent, this is special readings that are chosen just for what we aim to do with Blue Christmas, what we're honest about, and you'll see the great hope 
and comfort that actually comes from these scriptures. In Isaiah 9, as well as Psalm 121 being one of the most popular funeral readings, and then as well the hope found in Luke 2 with the very message of the coming of the Christ child. But I wanted to spend the majority of our time in one verse tonight, as I think it, there's, we can find comfort and hope in several of the scripture readings uh, that we have tonight. But the very first line there in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Tonight, I invite you into both the agony and pain of that verse, as well as the recognition of it, and the hope and the comfort that comes out of it. You know, as Advent, we are told in the liturgical season, prepare. It's a season of preparation, which connotes we have to do stuff to get ready for Christmas and everything that's coming with it. But tonight, for Blue Christmas, I invite you to leave the doing to the side and sit tonight in the presence of God and let God send you hope, courage, and his peace which passes all understanding in this time. That first verse that I read there, that is where I want to focus in the rest of our time for our sermon tonight. Just three points that come out of it. One, darkness. Second point, light. Great light. And three, people living in a land of deep darkness, but on them a light has shined. That is going to be our three focus areas, darkness, great light, and that light has shined. So as most of you probably have, uh, I've been getting ready myself outside of preparing for sermons just with the discipline and the preparation of the Advent season. And I have found myself a lot really immersing myself in the Christmas story itself particularly in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, which we have the second, uh, the second chapter of that tonight. And I wanted to just bring forward a contextual list when you actually consider the, the world that Jesus was born into. From those four chapters, listen to the world in which Jesus was born. We have personal broken relationships. We have shame in the face of ridicule. We have a lack of financial resources. We have hatred. We have violence. We have injustice. We have the seeking of power in any, means, any, any way to get it and the abuse of power. We have homelessness. We have refugees fleeing from oppression. We have great fear. We have griefed, grief, bottomless grief at the loss of loved ones. And we have, very honestly, in four chapters, what the misery of life 
can look like. This is Matthew chapter 1 and 2 as the Christ child is being born, which we celebrate at Christmas. The first two chapters of Matthew and Luke, this is the world that Jesus came into. Is our world and our journey today so much different than this list that you hear? I don't know how you came in tonight. As this service is a normal service, you, you may just be a normal attender of our 530 service, or you may have heard Blue Christmas. There's something there that I want to go be a part of. However you came, darkness is still a part of this world. It can live and does live within us. And then we know all too well, if you have been in a time of your life when you are living that grief or that list that I have been over, that your journey has taken you there and you don't know when it will end. Darkness is a part of this world. It is a part of us. And it makes us look, as Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where is my help to come. Enter our second focus point for tonight, darkness, and the second point, the great light. We have to know that when we were, are in those times of darkness, sometimes it feels like there is no hope. But yet showing up to a service tonight, sitting in the presence of God and with one another, we realize what the light actually is. And when so much metaphor is used for light in the symbolism of the lighting of the candles and what we will do with the Advent wreath tonight and as we have done over the past few Sundays, light has some things that we should really think about and consider. The first thing in an area of light is that light shows and provides life. The second, life provides and shows us truth. The light shows us truth. And finally, that light reveals beauty in the midst of the darkness and the brokenness of this world. Just think about our solar system and where we live and what the sun actually does for all of us. As it rises and we look to it, it nurtures the food which feeds and sustains us. It grows the plants from which we get our air. Light does that. And light also finds us and provides life when we go in these darkest of times. It, the great light, breaks through and provides that for us. And it shows us truth from where we get our greatest hope is light reveals the truth and the beauty of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. We recognize the darkness and the journey of darkness, of lost, and of angst and suffering. And as the light is born and we realize the power of the light in our lives, we recognize the great truth that comes from it in the form of the great gift of Jesus Christ. And the beauty 
of the message that light reveals that the dark has been dealt with by outside means. The light was not born from within the darkness. The light came from an outside source and vanquished the darkness. That is the great promise that we live into. And as we prepare for the Christmas season, I want you to envision, as this is easy to do, a great gift that your family has wrapped up for you. And as you open that gift, it comes in the form of a book, a gift given with great meaning and purpose. And yet the title of this book says, How Not to Be a Twit, Love Your Family, which brings us, it's maybe a really bad joke, but it brings us to considering what grace, the greatest gift ever given to us. This is all the ways that light shines in, giving us life, revealing to us the truth and the beauty of God. This is the double-edged double-edged sword of the the gift of God's grace. On one hand, on one side of that gift, we realize the darkness, the darkness within us and the darkness that can be the journey of this life through this world. But on the other side of that is this gift of life, which, of light, which comes from the outside coming in and vanquishes the darkness, giving us as we go through those darkness times and thinking that there is no hope, this is what the light brings us. This is what we hear in the Gospel of Luke in the second chapter tonight. As the angel, the great messenger, comes and says, there is one coming. One to be born to which the greatest joy will be known as the baby in the manger. That is the symbolic light breaking into the darkness. The very joy and message of the Christmas and the Easter season. And I invite you, as you hear these words and consider the hope that comes what brought you here tonight if you are in one of those seasons when you're wondering how will I make it through we hear about that tonight in the darkness and the light and as we anticipate the coming of the Christ child and the great hope of the Christmas season sit with it marinate in it, and may the Holy Spirit send the comfort, the love, and the peace of God to you as we approach the Christmas celebration. In his holy name, amen.